33rd edition of the Guna podcast, recorded at the beginning of September on the Monday evening in the middle of the international break in which England faced Slovenia and in two days' time Croatia. Our sponsors of Vision Sports Publishing and here to explain why is Guna editor Kevin Witcher. Thank you, Russ. As Neville Chamberlain once said, I have in my hand. <laughs> I don't have a piece of paper, I actually have a book. This is out in October. Vision Sports Publishing are releasing the pocket book of Arsenal which is basically a kind of um, history of the club, but it's, it's sort of a bit unorthodox and a bit, um, well, I don't know how to really describe it, but all I can tell you is it's £9.99. I'm sure you'll be able to buy it cheaper from various outlets. So that is why Vision are plugging the, um, sorry, sponsoring this very podcast, and there will be further plugs in future podcasts. Don't worry about that, listeners. Okay, thanks Kev. If you don't mind, I'll consider that to be your intro for the evening. And uh, now to introduce the other evening's panel's guests. Um, on my right, Clapton's finest, man about town and cranberry juice connoisseur, Mr David Eder. Evening, listeners. <laughs> Straight ahead of me, he's back for more, personally sponsored by a bottle of Chilean Chardonnay and doubtless about to sound like it. The hybrid's by himself, Mr Steve Ashford. Good afternoon, evening or morning, whenever you're listening. <laughs> See, now you've listened to it, you can understand that, can't you? (laughs) Okay, well, um, we'll start off with, uh, on a high note, um, David, the great start to the season, the four straight wins, and we'll forget about... Yeah, no, (laughs) defeat against Manchester United. (laughs) You say that, I mean, I I remember watching the United game, and I've never felt so so full of euphoria and, and happiness, because... United, for me, are still the team to beat. Yeah, they're severely weakened. Uh, well, part of their team is without Ronaldo. But but they are still, for me, the team to beat this year. And we dominated them on their own ground for the best part of an hour. Unfortunately, after the hour, you saw the two the two catalysts, the two fulcrums of, of, of the team that was out the day, Van Persie and Arshavin, essentially say, well, this is great. We slog our bollocks off for an hour and help you guys dominate Manchester United. And then thanks to Dumb and Dumber at the back, we're somehow 2-1 down. You're um, talking about William Gallas and um, <laughs> Abu Dhabi, I imagine. I, I talk about Abu Dhabi <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and the Spanish waiter masquerading as a goalkeeper. Um, I, I, I felt sorry for those two guys, but um, it's odd. I don't know who the two guys who have replaced Danielson and Song, who appears to be called Danielson and Song. I think uh, it's called, they're called Time and Patience. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> listeners, I've tasted my own medicine <laughs> and it is bitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Danielson and Son look like different players. Um, uh, we're creating chances. We've well, the players seem to have learned how to press, which is something that's been missing from from our our, our front two thirds, as it were, for the, the last eighteen months or so. And I'm, I'm full of, ridiculously. I'm full of well, I was full of optimism for the rest of the season until Johan Juru uh, was ruled out for six months three days ago, and made me realise that our um, uh, we are we are one suspension away from uh, Michael Sylvester playing centre half. So four straight wins. Yep. Very happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 
they're very, I'm very happy. The, the teams, the teams played played really well. You know, beating Portsmouth four one without getting out of second gear, uh, beating the Scottish champions or second place, whatever those bunch of chances from north of the border are. Um, uh, demolishing Everton six one away on the first day of the season. Oh, you know, could have asked much more. Could have asked much more. Full of optimism. Right before uh, your thoughts on the Manchester United game, Steve. For what about the uh, the uh, four straight wins in the start? Well, to be honest, uh, I'm much happier now than I was at the start of the season mm. because of that 6-0. I mean, I remember we were watching six it in one. the pub and, you know, Did I was you go home see, uh, no, no, I was just waiting to see how many we were going to lose by. I was totally disillusioned. Um, but that gave me a bit of encouragement. The win at Celtic gave me even more. Yeah. The new formation I'm liking. Um, I loved the Portsmouth game, apart from the mistakes at the back, but we'll come on to them a bit later. And then we got to Manchester United. As David correctly says, we outplayed them. But the fact remains, as ever, when we come up against the top four team, by and large, we lost. So we, we played well, but we still lost. And the, the, the fundamental problems in the team, i.e. the keeper, um, not strong enough in midfield, I don't think still, um, cost us yet again. You know, lack, maybe lack of concentration. I thought Diaby played brilliant that day as it happens against United. I thought he was probably one of their best players. But... To head the ball in the net like that, Al Mooney should have called it, or he should have gone out there, taken the man and the ball. Um, you know, Al Mooney, what was he doing? He was—he had a nightmare match. He was terrible in the first half. And what did he do wrong in the first half? He wasn't commanding his area. Mm-hmm. There was a, one or two crosses were coming over. You're going, that's your ball. That's your ball. I, I mean, again, with my goalkeepers down there, at least two or three crosses or corners that came over where he, he made the criminal. Uh, mistake of going halfway, not staying his goal line, yeah. not throwing all of it, walking into no man's land. He's playing without confidence at the moment. Absolutely. Made uh, a mistake you know. against Portsmouth, should have dealt with that ball when um, their striker headed it in, you know, all over them. Mm. The first attack, this has been the problem ever since we've been at the Emirates Stadium. Dominate games, all over teams. They have one attack, one stupid mistake, they score. Now that mistake still seems to be happening this season. Portsmouth, it happened, happened twice in the second half at United. You know, uh, happened at the end against Celtic. Where they got a goal from, I'll never know. I mean, last season he was one of our better players, though. Oh, I thought he was our best player, actually. Personally. He's a good shot stopper. Yeah. He's one of the better shot stoppers in the Premiership. But in my humble opinion, he's not good enough to play for a team. Who would you have in goal, then, instead of uh, Manuel Amun? Well, it certainly wouldn't be Maloney. No. It probably wouldn't be no, Fabianski. No. You'd rather buy somebody. Bear in mind, you, who, who went to Manchester City for £6 million. £6 million pounds in January would have taken Shaking. I think anyone would have taken Shaggy. I'd have taken Shaggy. Or, okay, at the start of last season, bear in mind he was available on a free transfer, I would have taken UC Escalana. Who really? has a yeah. goalkeeper look at another Good goalkeeper, shout. but I think he's the best goalkeeper in the Premier League. Good I, well, I think you should take Kurnashini. Good I think Kurnashini is a fantastic goalkeeper. Or we could have taken Schwartz and we left Borough. I think the saddest thing is we've, we've named five goalkeepers there, some of whom are, some of whom aren't first choices that are current Premier yeah. League club. And they are all better than our current mm. first choice goalkeeper. But I think the sad, sad fact is, Wenger only has so much money to spend, and there, were, there are and were other areas of our team that, that needed sorting out um, far desperately. I mean, Almunia is not a terrible goalkeeper; he's adequate, mm. um, and you know, by and large, he won't do much wrong. But when it comes to the big games, he makes big errors. And in this in this current Premiership, where there's six teams going for four places, we can't afford an adequate keeper. We want a good keeper. 
We can't also afford um, for some fucking idiot to head the ball into your own goal when there's no danger whatsoever. Exactly. It's an absolutely atrocious mistake of exactly. the highest standard. Exactly. And no one is prepared to just go, what the hell was he bloody doing? Let's, let's share the blame on Amunia. Yeah. I think it's atrocious, I really well, I do. It does come, it's especially ab- from Amunia not dominating his No, area. it isn't. It's, it, you know, there was no one around him, there was no danger whatsoever, and he just nuts it into his own goal. The thing, the what, thing, sort of, what sort of player heads it back towards his own goal? But this is the thing that got me. What was, he, what, what was he planning on doing? He came out afterwards and, and said, I, I headed it because, because Manuel called. It's like, well, okay, as a goalkeeper, two things he's going to call, which are away, i.e. head the ball away, or keeper's ball. As a goalkeeper myself, I've never shouted, can you put a bullet header in the top that's corner? That's what I was about to say. No, that's what I think what he heard him <laughs> shout. He's obviously got voices in his head. It's just like, which is probably all he's got in his fucking head. Sorry. No, I think he goes on about how much he likes intelligent football, and by that he means footballing intelligence. And, okay, I see what he means. You know, some players are just very good at reading the game. But the thing with Diaby, you know, I don't know if you've seen a photograph of him, I don't know if you've heard him speak, but if it sounds like a retard, <laughs> yeah. and it looks like a retard... The chances are it's probably a retard, and the guy, the guy has no football intelligence, his positional indiscipline is shocking, um, it, he's, he's not good enough. How he gets in the France squad is beyond me, but, you know, the, you know, they do have Ramon Domenech as their manager, the man who famously wouldn't pick Robert Pires because he was a Taurus. Mm. Well, I, I did I, say I, to I, you in, in the obvious defence, I do think the is a very skillful player, and he, he can carry the ball into the opposition half. And sometimes he can finish well. And I think that is a quality that we're lacking if he's not in the team. Mm. It's good to see a midfielder that can carry the ball. But Steve, didn't just a few minutes ago you say with there being six teams going for four places, mm. can't afford to have you know, players making big mistakes? We could probably do better than the Army, but yep. I still think we could do better than Danielson and Son. And all together now... We forgot that you were here, <laughs> Kevin Witcher. <laughs> I've merely been listening because... I was hoping we'd have a nice optimistic start to this podcast, <laughs> uh, because we're always accused of whinging in both the Guna, uh, on the Guna website, and probably in this podcast. Well, so, I did try with the four straight wins, but yes. you immediately turned it round to being beat by Manchester well, I, United. I'm going <laughs> to attempt to turn it round. You could call it devil's advocate if you want. Yeah, because you're usually the voice of doom. Absolutely. You're only as good as your last night. I depress myself when I hear these things back. <laughs> um, However, just looking, I mean, the first four games of the season, um, I was absolutely delighted and very surprised because I didn't see much of what we did see in the games that mattered when we were getting this together in pre-season. The 4-3-3 just did not work in the friendlies for me. I thought defensively we were much, much poorer than it turns out we were all those uh, matches against Celtic, uh, Everton and Portsmouth. And, I mean, what it's indicated to me is that when it actually mattered in terms of competi- competition football, the players were able to step up to the grade. Now, a few different things have happened. One of them is that some concept of team unity, uh, whereby the players are willing to work for each other, <coughs> has been developed. Uh, apparently... This was worked on throughout um, the different levels at the club during the summer. And we are, in a sense, uh, profiting from that now. Um, It's it's to do with the pressing um, and and working when we do not have the ball. That's the big difference. I almost feel cheated 
that we haven't seen that for a couple of seasons. Because frankly, where has it come from? And now it's great it's finally here, but then again you could say, well, where did it go? <clears throat> you know, why suddenly now? Did it go with Flamini? Well, I don't know if the team pressed in the way that they do now when Flamini was having that great season he did. Um, I just think their mindsets in those days was Wenger saying, you're, you're, you can be so good with the ball, show, show us what yeah. you can do. And football is about more than that. He, all the great teams, the flair teams that have won a lot of things, have also worked bloody hard when they don't have the ball. Always had a Keane or a Bremner or someone like yeah, that. Yeah, but you know, the whole it? team has actually worked their socks off at times to get a result. And really, that's what's encouraged me in a way that if we can see this kind of work rate, this work ethic, this team unity in um, the rest of the games this season, you've actually got a bloody great chance of winning a lot of them. Whereas you wouldn't have said that last season because, you know. There were a lot of performances where the team effectively seemed to give up quite early and weren't prepared to put in a shift. And what I'm seeing now is a very different approach. And in a sense, we did play United off the park for quite a bit of that game in Old Trafford. And the overall picture is one of health. Now, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate. All the things the guys have said, I've got some sympathy with. Um, there are certainly weaknesses in the team. We will get on to the whys and wherefores about the squad, I'm sure, later in the podcast. But it's been a very encouraging start. When you look at the fixture list at the start, before we played a single competitive game, you're worried. Everton away, oof, not sure about that. Pompey at home, you thought, OK, be all right there. I wasn't sure we'd get through past Celtic before we played them. But the team worked so hard in that away leg. It was a very, very good, disciplined European away performance. And they reap the benefits. They're in the group stage. So there is, there is grounds for optimism. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Kev. I mean, the th- what, what, you, you defend and you attack as a team. I mean, the great Manchester United teams were like that. The Liverpool teams in the, in the 70s and 80s were like that. And what I think in Guna folklore will eventually be called the the other by all years, um, when we stopped defending and attacking as a team, as um, uh, the guy was just so lazy, we, we had to accommodate his, his occasional brilliance and, and accept his laziness. But he remember did the, get through an awful lot of work when he wanted to. Oh, you mean before he got his, uh, okay. I want the same that's as right, yeah. on me. No, 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 that's right. No, oh, we no, did, no, for, no. We did forget that. No, he did. He did. He did. And I was we a not, huge Adebayo fan. I was a huge Adebayo fan. From 2006 when we signed. Yeah. Till 2007, mm. when he that season was fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, and he worked his socks off. When he caused all that grief, he wants to go away. He wants to sign for AC Milan and all that stuff. I mean, but it seemed to me that last season he stopped working. Yeah, he I stopped agree. working for the club. He did. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. Can we just not? Know, the, can we not know this this period as the Abuwe years? The, the Abuwe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then sooner or later he'll stop working for City as well. I've got a bet with my, my friend Kinky Steve, who's a Manchester City fan. So uh, who? Kinky Steve. Kinky Steve. Yeah, in you Austria, would have a pal called Kinky Steve, wouldn't you? I, I have got a pal. <laughs> that sounds the sort of friend that Basti would have. <laughs> <not you. laughs> in answer to your next question, you want to know why he's called Kinky Steve, but trust me, you don't. Right. I know. Um, Can you just draw a diagram? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the Queen, and that's Bobby Charles. <laughs> um, 
Uh, he's a Manchester City fan, and I said, I bet you 50 quid our boy will be talking about a move to Ace and Man at the end of the season. He said, I'm not going to take that bet because it's obviously going to happen. <laughs> you know, he's got one year on 160 grand a week, you know, he's made his money, then he can worry about playing football. But, um, I, I mean, last year, and, and for, I, I still think some of the season before, he stopped working. Uh, mm. If you remember, the centre forward before him was this Henry fellow who went to Spain. Um, who, who defended and, and attacked and, co- and literally covered every single blade? Not of grass. in his last season. Well, you can't. You can't <laughs> feel below, you know, below your spine. <laughs> you know, I'd agree. Right. Yeah, okay. I'd sympathy with him there. Um, but you know, this, this season, Van, Van Persie and Bentner especially really do put the yards in. We defend as eleven. We squeeze. Uh, we nick the ball off the opposition in vital areas and, and carry our shot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. There's always room for a luxury player. Wasn't that, that wasn't that a boy, though? Uh, he <laughs> wasn't as good. He okay. wasn't as good. No. Right. In fairness, in fairness Kev, I remember Kev saying when we, uh, the podcast we did just after Arshley signed that, yeah, he may be a luxury player, but he can't afford to accommodate luxury if it's that no. good. Yeah. And, and he is. Yeah, we, we need luxury players. We bought him from Santa. Took it easy to get him. But he got the crowd roaring. Roaring, we turned on the film away to play with the blue way. But now he keeps scoring, scoring. Yeah, our shaman's on fire. The subject yeah. of Adebayo, Mr. Do you want to say? I just wanted to say. Yeah. Why are we playing Bentner on the right wing? No, I know that's ridiculous, isn't it? That yeah. is totally ridiculous. Especially when Van Persie plays out yeah. wide, and yeah. he'd be the better out of the three. I and think we're, the right you're, everyone's nodding their head here in agreement, so I don't think we're going to have a conversation about it. I think. Old Trafford, and Abuie plays in a four-three-three. Yeah. That's because the That's one of the three strikers. The manager bottled it. I think is the bottom line. I think he just didn't fancy his team to. I think he fancied team, even the 11 that went out to score a goal and, and go ahead, but he didn't. I don't think he fancied having Benton instead of the booing in that team and then being able to hang on to that lead, which yeah. is a sad indictment and proof that, uh, to probably preempt a question we've got coming up, that he probably should have signed one, maybe two more players before the transfer window shut. But yeah. Yes. Well, it's a story for later on. Yeah, I mean, just talking of putting a stint in, Ben is a very good example of a player who the fans uh, have been won over by because... He was certainly a boo boy for a period last season, but gradually people have come to realise that he is also maybe because Adebayo's gone and he feels happier. But he, he certainly looks like a hundred percenter at the moment. Now it was that match, wasn't it? There was one match where he just where he, he missed those three or four open goals and the crowd started singing his name. Oh, was it was Celtic, Celtic home in Champions League. No, no, no. Oh, was it Bolton? Was it Bolton Portsmouth? It was early in the in the in two thousand. Oh, it was when he scored the winner. Yeah, yeah. He missed a few, and then he or was it? Oh no, it was when he came on in the Blackburn game. No, that was when he got booed. Oh Christ! But basically, even though he's being played well out position, he still really works the position. Now, obviously, we could do better if he was playing as the centre forward. The goalie goal Saturday. Um, I did yeah, that's no, good. Um, chested it down and half-volleyed it in the back of the net. Well, yeah. there we are, you yeah. see. Yeah. Um, now, I think I've always been a, 
um, Africa. <laughs> oh, you writing. have as well. Yeah. I've certainly been a critic. I didn't think he was good enough. Um, he, he had, as the as the parlance goes, the first touch of a rapist at one point in his career, not that long ago. Um, but he has worked out his game. Any thoughts on Mr. Colo Torre leaving Arsenal Football Club? Um, disappointing. Well, he never got on with Gallas, apparently. And no, everyone, quite openly, yeah. vocally. <laughs> everyone knows that when he came back from the African Cup of Nations yeah. in 2007, he was, he'd never been the same place. No, he hasn't. Since. He's been fat. He got that virus when he was out in Africa. Got malaria. Got malaria. That's it. And I, I, to be honest, I'm not, I loved him as a player. Yeah. Loved him as his peak. Loved him in 2004. Loved him as part of the Invincibles. But to be honest, I'm not that unhappy he's gone. But I am unhappy that we've only signed one player to replace him. Right. We will come on to that. I'm, I'm but s- is it, was it right, sorry, that you know, we, right. got whole, we, we don't know what age Cardi Torre is. Is it somewhere between 28, 28 and 32? Alan's no, 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 apparently. Oh, he? Yeah. He, he had to get wheeled on for Portsmouth <laughs> the other week. Apparently, Cardi was 56. Is, is he really? In, in cat years, Cardi was dead. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if he is 32, then it would explain why Arsene Wenger got rid of him because he doesn't like players over a certain age. But Michael then, Sylvester gets why, a two-year deal, though. Sorry? Michael Sylvester gets a two-year deal. Yes, though. Michael Sylvester gets a two-year deal. And obviously we've held on to William Gallas. I reckon one of them two had to go. I think we've probably said this on previous podcasts. One of them two had to go. There was no way it was going to be William Gallas because he's on far too much money and no one else would pay him that money. And he wants to see Are out this friends? year. No, he wants to see out this year so he can sod off next year and negotiate himself a deal somewhere else. So he's dug his heels in so at the end of this year we're going to lose another um, centre-back. Whereas I think you probably could have kept Carlo Torre. Mm. Yes, but I mean, uh, there is an argument. Yeah, the player. There is an argument that there was a bit of a power block in the dressing room, um, which was basically uh, Adebayor, uh, Torre, um, dragging along to an extent Abue and uh, the young Alexander Song. I mean, this is something that Amy Lawrence wrote in the Observer. I mean, the interesting thing is that when Gallus talked about the dressing room rift and one player who basically was having a go at his teammates. Everyone thought it was Van Persie. But with hindsight, given the age, perhaps it was actually Adebayor he was referring to. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I think what's happened is that Wenger has, you know, obviously detected that this is disruptive, and he's cleared out the what he considers the main perpetrators. Um, so, you know, could be explained the team unity. But... Uh, Torre, you know, he was also great in 2006, the, the Champions League run, um, physically, as has been mentioned, not the same player, and to get that kind of money for him, pretty good. And the 2006 Champions League defence, the best Champions League defence or back four of yeah. all time, Yeah. there's only one player of that back four left of the club. Yeah. Oh, I've got this. And that player is central. It is that. Oh, no, 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 there are two. Terry Gilbert's still at the club. Yeah. Uh, he played two games that Champions League. Hang on. You're forgetting Gal- someone. Gal Clichy's there as well. No, no, no. Flamini was a left back. Oh, yeah. Flamini was, was the right back. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. He was, yeah, he was the right back. He was a bloody good right back as well. Yeah, I, I remember in that night Flamini, against Madrid, he was amazing. He had Rubinho in his pocket that night. Yeah. That was the famous Champions League back four. Yeah, it was. Until the final, of course. Yeah. When we changed it around a lot. Solomon... He who plays for Chelsea. But in yeah. the so, uh, so, so, I think it's Son. Oh, no, 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 so. So, so how do we feel about Senderoff still being in? Well, I mean, firstly, I would just mention that Torre, 14 million in, and Vermeulen, 
10 million out is a damn good business. Uh, the at moment, the moment. exchange rate works out at less than 9 million pounds. Right. So, I mean, on that level, just in, in total isolation, without considering the other defenders, etc., good piece of business. Mm. Um, but, uh, sorry, I interrupted. No, you didn't. No, no, carry on. Sorry. Right. Well, so, yeah, I mean, in a way, sad to see Torre go, and I hope he gets a good reception, as I think he will when Arsenal, uh, well, certainly when Man City come to Arsenal. I think it'll be quite a contrast to the one uh, the number 25 gets. Um, be the hottest pantomime ticket in town <laughs> with your comedy villain and comedy hero on the same pitch. Oh, my God. I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be great. Um, you know, shout, shouting down at um, Thomas Amal and he's behind you! <laughs> no, you'll shout, no, you'll shout that at William Gallas because he won't have a clue what's going on behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that in. <laughs> so, but is anybody... Sorry, carry on. A man who's, who's left at the right time who, who may be older than 28 and uh, I, I think... Um, I mean, I, I, I always, it's always a twinge of regret to see a past great go. And he was a great player for Arsenal. Um, but we've got to move on. OK. So, Steve, I'm going to come to you first with this. Um, have we got it wrong about these players? I mean, you've been very critical uh, on the podcast in your column about um, Arsene Wenger and um, his young players and his faith in the young players and how he doesn't want to kill the young players. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have we got it wrong? I don't think we're still right. I don't think we're right. Right. I mean, Son has improved. Yeah. Then he also so-so, whether he's improved or not, I'm not sure. If you're looking for a team to compete with Real Madrid, if you're looking for a team to compete with Manchester United and Chelsea at the top of the table, if you're looking for a team even to compete with Manchester City, you know, in, in, in on paper, essentially, mm. I don't think that Son, Danielson, um, Almunia are the, are, the, are the players for me. I mean, Song gives you a good game. So you're going to make the Alan Hansen comment. Yeah, Song gives make you a good game. Make the Alan Hansen comment. I mean, I These players are not good enough to win the league. That's I don't think they are. <laughs> I, I, think, okay. I think if ever we get a manager in, or, or you know, he's prepared to spend big bucks on players. So when we get a manager in? Yeah, or if Wenger decides to change his policy totally when we don't win anything this year, which we won't, uh, I think that Danielson, Song and Almunia will be the first players to go. Right. And who is this manager that we've got to get in to spend the money? I, I, I've got I've got a feeling yeah. that if and when Osmanov takes over, right, Wenger might not stay around. Right. And who do you want? Who do you want in the job? Because you're you've, you're quite venomously Wenger out, aren't you? I'm not venomously Wenger out. I well, just, I can find I just, an email that came across yeah, last week that yeah. said Wenger out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think he must go. He must go. Yeah, Wenger. He must go. I personally think he made a forty million profit on transfers this right. year. Okay. Even if you take the our Shavin money out. Then you take the Vermeilen the money out, uh, and he's starting this apparently had 30, the Vermeilen money out, uh, and he's starting this apparently had 30 million to start off with. Uh, I, I think that he could have done better for the fans by giving us a new keeper, a backup, cent, a backup central midfielder for Song. If you consider Song is good enough, he's still going to leave for six weeks in January for the African Cup of Nations. There's no experienced midfielder at the club. Fabregas is the best one, and he's 22. Um, Danielson, to my mind, you know, average. Uh, and I just think that Wenger could have done better with those players in the summer with the money he had. He should have said to the board, I want to compete this year. I don't care about the balance sheet. I don't care about the profits. All I want is a team to win the title. And I want 30 million to buy a new keeper and a new midfielder. He didn't do that right up until deadline day. All the fanzines, all the blogs, all the blogs, 
all the Arsenal websites, every one of them said we need a new centre-back, possibly a striker, possibly a keeper. And Wenger should have been brave enough to go to the board, if it was the board's fault, to demand the money to buy those players. If it wasn't the board's fault and the money was there, then Wenger should have spent the money on the players. Um, and I think we're not going to win anything this year. You know, we lost to United when we should have beaten them. We might well lose to Man City on Saturday, we might beat them. But at the end of the day, we'll be fourth or fifth, same as we were last year. Nothing will change. And I think for it to change on a long-term scale, we might eventually have to change the manager. Playing devil's advocate, I feel sorry for the manager. I feel really sorry for the manager because there is obviously... There are obviously numerous problems behind the scenes at Arsenal with, with regards to our money and where it goes and such. Because however, however you look at it, you know, we pay more to watch football than any other fans in, in the footballing world. Um, we have you know, one of the smallest squads and our wage bill is high, but it, you know, it's not as high as, as other clubs in the league. So there's obvious... Well, Keith Edelman was ushered out, ushered out the club very, very quickly uh, with, with, with no rhyme or reason. Something's fucked up behind the scenes, and, and Wenger is Wenger is an is an arrogant man and stubborn and man. a stubborn man, but he's not a stupid man. And when quizzed, I think a week before the end of the transfer deadline, he said, "Are you still looking to buy players?" He said, "I may go back in for one or two, uh, maybe a midfield player and defender." Unfortunately, that's what everybody's looking for. And think about it. That is what everybody's looking for. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool ended up buying a fat Greek centre-half <laughs> who couldn't cut it at Rangers. Because, okay, so, Steve, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you £30 million. Who are these, these mystic... Who's, who's the mystic centre-half? Because I can't think of a, of a, another centre-half really. We're going to laugh. We could, we could have done with that guy that went, to, that went to Sunderland from Wigan, the defensive midfielder. Lee Catamon. Oh, now he could have, we could have done a lot worse than get in for eight or nine minutes. Right? Uh, you could have done much worse. Uh, you couldn't have done much worse than Lee Catamon was rubbish. No, <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree. In that England under twenty one finals, right. which Walcott played so badly in, Catamon mm. was England's best player in that entire tournament. And that is how how desperate the situation is for England we got at to national the final. level. We got to the final. Mm. No, if, if he's only got eight or nine million to spend, fine. You know, sign Catamon is English. You know, he'll be in the Champions League quota. He's a backup for Tilly Olsen and Song. He's certainly no worse than them two. I don't he's think not. he's any better than Francis Coquelin, in fairness. I don't think he's no, any better than Emmanuel Coquelin's only about 18. I mean, he's not an experienced player. I know Catamol's a young player. So I, 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 I couldn't hear you over the Catamol's trophy. He's 21. No, but they experienced okay, what? Oh. We could have, and as far as defenders go, why don't we go in for Hangerland at Fulham? On, one se- on the strength of one season playing at Fulham where he's defending all the time. I yeah. think that's the difference. I think we could have gone in for him. He'd have been fine. You know, what's the point in signing somebody from a team that finished, what, 10th? It doesn't prove that anywhere... Well, <laughs> well, you look at Spurs. They've, they've signed that um, Palacios from Wigan. Well, he was, yeah, but, but I mean, that's a, no, but that, no, but that was a now, totally different story altogether. I would have probably had Palacios last January. No, you wouldn't. You would have had Palacios, no, before he went to Wigan. Before he went to Birmingham on trial. Sorry, Birmingham, yeah. And we I'll had Palacios. Yeah, I no. definitely would have had Palacios. I think, yeah, that is definitely one of Wenger's biggest mistakes. But then again, you look at it, back then he had Flamini, he had Gilberto, well, he had Fabregas. When Palacios went. Yeah, Palacios went in January this year. Pounds. Yeah. He'll never spend 15 million pounds. I think it was more like 10. It, 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 no, 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 Palacios cost 15 people, million pounds. People seem to forget, we're Arsenal Football Club. You know, we, we, we are fi- we're the third richest football club in the world apparently the first, third most valuable football club in the world uh, well, there's two, that's two very very different points there Steve you know so why are we that's putting assets, up with, though, why putting with, up with inadequate included. players and they are inadequate who is, who's inadequate Almunia Song the Nielsen Song's inadequate Walcott's fucking inadequate that's for sure <laughs> right 
If you put Theo Walcott, if you put Theo Walcott for sale for fifteen million, take it tomorrow. Everyone would. Everyone would come in for him. Take it tomorrow because Walcott is an athlete, not a footballer. I'm inclined to actually agree with you on this point, but I do I do know that if you put him on the market tomorrow at fifteen million. I, I think there'd be so right. many. He would go, Liverpool would snap him up because right. they need width. Because Chelsea they, would probably say Chelsea yeah. need width, and you know that doesn't even count Manchester Fine. City and like, how much money they've I, got I, to I, throw I, away. I think the problem with Theo Walcott is he's not a winger; he's a centre forward. Oh, he's not a centre forward. He's, he's not a centre forward. Though. He's played three started three games as a centre forward for us. He's not a centre forward. Scored four goals. You see, you see him when he plays centre forward. He never sees the ball. He can't read the game. He's played three games as a centre forward and scored four goals. Once in the Champions League, once in the League Cup final when he turned England's captain and centre half inside out and put us one nil up. Um, and the other game was the Cup game. I think he did much else in those games. Those Champions League games were in 6-1 and 4-0 wins. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could have scored goals. I could have scored if I was playing 7 no, I'd have paid a lot of money to so you to could do that. that. Yeah, Walcott did. Is that what you're saying? You could have turned John Terry inside out. Put Walcott as the centre forward in a 4-3-3. Yeah, this season, right. see how many got goals it. he scores. So he'll, he'll get you one at the most. <laughs> so who's Wenger got to bring on? Well, he's taken off the young Theo Walcott, Walcott and he's bringing on Steve Ashford. Oh, no, 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 with our statement out, he'll be Simon Oshford. He's not going to be Steve and the whole of that Ashford. I'm going to go, Ashford! I've got an idea to make football more interesting, all right? At half-time, they do a draw to win a watch or a mobile phone. The draw for future half times is one of the crowd is going to be on from the second half. Harry Redknapp did that once, didn't he? was at West Ham. It was a pre season friendly, and some bloke was giving him all that in the year at half time. He said, All right, mate, get some kit on, you're playing. The guy lasted 10 minutes before essentially collapsing. He said, All right, okay, that's great. When did he go? When he was where? Harry Redknapp was in charge at West Ham, yeah. He put a fan on the pitch? Yeah, pre season friendly. Oh, right, pre season friendly. Oh, yeah, it wasn't half time. Because I remember that bloke that came on for Southampton that time that was supposed to be George Wade's cousin. Let's go back to oh, the sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go back to Alex let's Song. Alex Song's not good enough. Let's go back to the magnificent Arsenal Wenger in the Carling Cup, right? Every Arsenal fan wants a trophy. We can't right. go back anywhere. We, we want a trophy this year, play. yeah? Now, when we play West Brom in a couple of weeks' time, and this podcast yeah. might well be out by then, I'm not sure. Boy, <laughs> is that a dig? <laughs> flipping FA Youth Cup team out there, minus all the ones that he's loaned out, right. against West Brom, yeah? We lose or we win. Next game we get whoever, Newcastle or whatever. The youth team go out again. We get to the semi-final if we get that far. We play Man United, Tottenham, Chelsea. We stick the youth team out again. Wenger goes, this is the best team. We need the experience. They lose. We even get to the final. He sticks the same team out. They lose. Right. I'm fed up with the fucking hamster wheel coming round. Year in, year out. Year in, year out. I want change and I want trophies. And I would certainly want to start with the Carling Cup. All right, then, so you'd be happy. Fourth in the league, quarter-final of the Champions League, FA Cup, say, like, third, fourth, fifth round, whatever, and the League Cup. You'd be happy at the end of well, the year. And then get to stay. Said, no, 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 if you did that, no, well, no, no. That's what happens every year, minus the Carling Cup. <laughs> so I'll but you'd be, happy. Cup. You'd, you'd be happy if he'd focused on the Carling no, Cup. Well, no, we'll stop moaning about it then. Because the he he it's his fourth choice. It's I his fourth priority. But it's a start. But it's his fourth priority. It has to be his fourth priority. We're Arsenal. Yeah, I know, but you can't pick every... I mean, Manchester United don't put their full team out. Um, Chelsea don't put their full team out. Chelsea, well, fucking Bolton don't put their first team out. No, exactly. Chelsea yeah. 
Chelsea don't. Not up until... Up until the last Man finals. United put a very weak team out for the final last season. And won yeah. It. No, they lost on penalties to... Um, mm. Oh, no, no, the goalkeeper made the penalty save. They lost to Everton in the semi-finals. Yeah, in the Carling Cup, they beat, they beat Spurs. They did, yeah. I mean, yeah. Spurs, have, Spurs have been to the last two Carling Cup finals. And before that, we knocked them out in the semi-final. Despite I mean, the would you they, rather they, they lost to Man United when you still get on? I mean, are you going to fancy Spurs again this year? What, for the Carling Cup? No, I just imagine Manchester City will win the Carling Cup this year. Because they'll put their first team on. Well, because City they're not in the Champions League. Well, there's a lot in the Euro. There's 16 games they don't have to play. Yeah. Well, I'm ask that. We just had a two week interlow where there'd been not one fucking match for love nor money. Yeah. We'll then play the Carling Cup with the youth team. For fuck's sake, let's compete. Let's win the fucking thing. Well, we don't need to put... We, obviously, we don't need to put... We can put the youth team out in the Champions League group stages. I mean, you can put you can put our grannies out in that and get through that group. Really? Do you honestly believe that? It's not Do you the think group that in the world, if he did, If he did that... Good lord, what would happen? If we lost, I don't know what you were saying, you'd, you'd, you'd yeah. combust it. You'd, it's like, you know, there'd be an explosion on Holloway Road and it'd be you. If he's going to put the youth team out, put me out in the bloody Champions League. Well, so, so make the Champions League less of a priority. We're going to win the saying? Champions League anyway, aren't we? Let's be fair. Why? Because it's a cup competition. Because we've got Son and Danielson and Almunia and Walcott yeah, and Ibuli and all the other players. If we play like we played at Celtic away, we've got a chance of winning that trophy. This oh, team I, doesn't win the Champions League, think, Steve. No, of course they do. It's a cup competition. Yeah. Cup competition. I, I, I don't think the pitch is anywhere near as bleak as Steve's painting it. You still look at the injuries we've got. We're currently missing Giroud, we're missing Nasri, we're missing Walcott. Um, you know, three very good players. Resisting. Who? Resisting. Oh, right, okay. Back Ooh. in training. Uh, back in training. <laughs> Doesn't uh, matter where he's back. <laughs> um, yeah, we're missing our captain. Um, we should change our name, should we? Still, we Arsenal injury crisis nil. We still have the, the curious case of Carlos Vela. Again, Carlos, if you are he- hearing this, please come home. We miss you. We love you. Call the number at the bottom of the screen now. <laughs> Actually, it's uh, the same thing he's home, but Venga just hides him. Like he hides Wilshere and Ramsey. Really? So Wilshere and Ramsey. If you're a good player, then hides you. Protects you. Wilshere and Ramsey have been appearing this season. Yeah. For the last five minutes of games and we're already winning. Problem is, you can't st- it's bad enough sticking a 17 year old into Fulham, or as West Ham have done with Junior Stanislaus, sticking their team and saying, there you are, save our season. You can't do that to a 17, 18 year old at Arsenal. It's folly. That's but the only reason Wenger refuses to put them in the team. Wenger played, played Fabregas, remember, from a very, very early yeah, age because so he knew he was played, good enough. So I, don't, I, don't, I think Wilshire's good enough. I don't think he's good enough. I think Ramsey's good enough. I don't think Ramsey's good enough. He wasn't good enough against Cardiff Look, last year. He was Fabric, awful. Fabric, that's possibly one of No, more than one. Fabregas came into the team with Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, Sol Campbell, Jens Zang, proven international. You can't stick a younger kid amongst a bunch of slightly older kids and say, this is the best kid, slightly older kids, you know, yeah. everything's on his shoulders. You can't do that. It's irresponsible. It's bad parenting as much as anything else. So it's going to be softly, softly, slowly, slowly for Ramsey and Wilshire, and so it should be, and we will reap the benefits in the long run, rather than doing a Paul Gascoigne or a George, George Best, throwing them in, saying, carry the entire team, and you've got the two kids burnt out by the age of 26. So you don't think that they'll end up like Walcott, at nearly 21, and still only playing... I think Walcott started 12 games last year. Well, if you don't like him, he's rubbish. You'd have him no, play I'm less. Glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm proving a point. He had an extremely you serious... You can't prove your point, Walker, that he doesn't play because you don't want him to play. don't want him to play. Right. Yeah. OK, well, then surely he's doing something right then by only playing for 12 games. I'd rather Wilshire or Ramsey start instead of Walcott anyway, any day of the week. Until they've proved themselves to not be good enough because they're too young and we'll just kill they're them at a young enough. age. So the answer to the question is... 
We should kill these young players. There is too much And we should go out and spend money that we haven't got on, pl- on players like Lee Catamol. <laughs> he was giving Danielson that song, you know, much more playing time at the same age as Will Because they were noted yeah. There was no expectation on their shoulders. But look at Ramsey, the guy who we beat Manchester United and Everton off from, that Wenger flew from his, uh, uh, sorry, flew out to Switzerland to meet him at the European Championship just to coerce him to come to Arsenal. Jack Wilshire, who after a pre-season friendly against Rangers, was being touted for the England World Cup squad in South Africa next year. And that's without, you know, what happened last year when he played in the same tournament, they were saying exactly the same thing. You can't throw these kids into the team because the weight, you know, right now, uh, start with them, make them a first choice because the weight of expectation Will be will be too high, and I feel sorry for those kids when you go to somewhere like Bolton or Blackburn and a another um, some dirty northern bastard <laughs> kicks <laughs> them up in the air for I'm not saying play them at Bolton or Blackburn. I'm saying start them at home to fucking Portsmouth. You know that's Wilshire's game. Home to Portsmouth, home to Wigan, home to West Brom. And, you know, if we play the Carling Cup, if we, it's no, perhaps a little further down the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. will start against West Brom. In the, the in the Carling Cup. In the Carling Cup, though. And you would never... You'd, you'd play him in the Champions League the following week and you put the, the first team out against... I, like, I, I, want against the I want the Carling Cup team that's capable of winning the competition. I don't think the team Tavinka puts out are capable of winning it. Right. So and not, not in the semi-finals, though. But then you had that. But then you get no. But then you get the situation. I know it was only Richard Wright. Richard Wright obviously left the club after carrying us all the way to the final and then getting dropped. And how do you feel about that? It's just uh, you know. Richard Wright. Yeah. Well, no. Used to going back here. Two thousand and what happened in the Carling Cup in 2000? Not in the Carling Cup, in the FA Cup. Richard Wright played every single game. Yeah. He was man of the match in the semi final yeah. against Middlesbrough. And then yeah. he got, got dropped, dropped for the final. The yeah. and, he's, and after that, he, he handed in a transfer request from Wright. He yes. certainly yeah, left. Yeah, Everton came in yeah. through him and he went straight yeah. away. What relevance has that got to the Carling Cup? Because it's like you've got <laughs> to. Because it's the same thing. He's played them up yeah. to a level and you've got yeah. to show faith in them. And he's obviously yeah. shown there that he didn't actually have faith in Richard Wright yeah. because when it came to it, he played Seaman in the final. And he doesn't do that nowadays, though, does he? What? No, he does. But when he gets to the Carling Cup against Chelsea no, so, yeah, no, you're right. in 2007, mm. he played exactly the same team that he played all the way through. Mm. And we got, well, we lost. We didn't get humiliated, we lost. Yeah. Uh, but I, I felt very proud that day. I think that day. No, if, I did. I that, did. if we'd have put our usual first team out that day, we probably would have beaten Chelsea. No, they wouldn't. They'd have lost because we were losing to Chelsea right, left and centre at the time. They, played, they played better. No, they played better. That got that day than any other Arsenal team played it against was Chelsea. The element and of surprise. I know. That, uh, Kev, yeah, we basically could have won that final, um, but we didn't put the chances away. Um, and essentially, it was the same old story against Chelsea <laughs> around about that time. It was Jogba beating Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, familiar tale. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it on that. Kevin, do yeah. you want to get one more plug in? Yeah. The uh, issue one nine eight of the Gooner is on sale at the Wigan game, and. Um, I'm actually putting it together this week, so I can't tell you what's in it. <laughs> However, you'll get damn good value for your £2. Use your reminder that if you want to email us about anything related to the podcast, our address is gunapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to our sponsors. Vision Sports Publishing. Um, and to just wrap up, a quick farewell from David. Farewell, farewell in particular to Giovanni Fontanella, who uh, I know is our fan and listens. So, <laughs> Giovanni, buonasera, come sai? Steve. Gunas, Gunas, Gunas. And Kevin. <laughs>
Uh, thanks to God and my parents. And thanks for bearing with us. I'm the Lord Admiral, as ever. Many thanks for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee. All good friends and 